Well, hi everybody. My name is Dina and I am a compulsive overeater. I have been a compulsive overeater my whole life. Um, my mom says that when I was little, I didn't eat much and she started giving me vitamin B something or other to help boost my appetite. And apparently I must have OD'd at some point in time because I don't ever remember having a sane relationship with food. Um, I remember very distinctly the going to play at the little girls across the street after school and their mom would put out snack. He was one of those nice stay-at-home moms. And um, they would eat some of their snack and then they'd want to go play. And I'd be like, but but there's food left. Well, what, what, what about the food? You, you, you're going to just leave it there? Um, I could not relate to just leaving it behind. And I know that there's a, a story in the big book in the back of the, in the stories that talks about a lady like that where she's um, at a party and somebody taps somebody else on the shoulder and says, oh, come here, I want to show you something. And the lady puts her drink down and, on the mantelpiece and walks away. And she's like, how do you do that? And I just put your drink down and walk away. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to walk away from food. I don't know how to leave some behind. My kids, thank God, are normies. They um, they will say, I want, quote, pancakes with an S on the end and then eat one. Or they'll maybe if I've served them three, they'll have one and a half, two and a half. But there's pancake left at the end, and I just don't comprehend how that happens um, because that's just not part of the way I was wired. Um, I think I discovered really early on not by like choice, but by, I guess, by accident, that large amounts of sugar and carbohydrates, hopefully in combination, um, made the chaos that was my life a little bit more bearable. Um, and we were a sugar-free household. Yeah, that went over well. And um, I used to steal so that I could get my drug of choice, which was candy. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't imagine living without, you know, something adult, everything. My dad was a rageaholic and my mom was um, codependent. They were great people. Um, they just weren't really good at the whole parent thing. Um, and uh, I also got vitiligo when I was two. So I got white eyelashes and a gray streak in my hair. So you can imagine how nice and sweet the children at school were around all that. So this, the sugar and the carbohydrates just seem to make it a little bit easier to live. Um, I never remember having a sane relationship all throughout my school years with food. Um, when I did my first food log uh, for my first sponsor back in the, I think it was the 90s, um, I, I calculated that I was probably ingesting large amounts of, of uh, carbohydrates about every two hours just in order to, to exist. Um, I also learned later in life that I suffered from major depressive disorder, uh, which probably didn't help much, but I couldn't differentiate between that and just the sadness that was my life. Um, but the, those things helped until they didn't. Um, what that means until they didn't was, of course, it started showing up on my body. And my mom put me on my first diet when I was nine um, because she saw that I was a little bit chubby. Um, pictorial evidence says that I was a tiny bit chubby. I was a tiny 
tiny bit chubby throughout most of my, um, let's say my first 20 years. I was maybe about 20 pounds overweight. Um, when, and when you're talking to 100 pounders, 20 pounds overweight, you just laugh at that, right? Um, so I, what did I do? So after, after high school, I went to Israel for a summer. And um, because I was working a lot on a commune there um, and eating sane food because the food was controlled and there wasn't a lot of sugar and that kind of thing, um, I dropped like 40, 50 pounds. I don't know. I was a normal size weight, 170 pounds and 5 foot 8. Um, and for the first time in my life, I was just like a normal person. I was a normal sized person. I was treated like a normal person. It was fabulous. Um, but of course, that came to an end. And I came back to America and back into my dysfunctional family and gained 100 pounds um, in that year. I know for some people that might be a little bit slow because we can gain weight really fast um, to take a year to gain 100 pounds, but I did. Um, and so it was shortly thereafter that um, I went to my first OA meeting. I had a girlfriend who was an alcoholic, and she said that there was a program for people who eat the way that she drank. Um, and so I went to my first OA meeting, I think it was about 19. And um, I knew it was the truth because I cried through the whole meeting. I don't really remember what was said, just that I know that people were talking about food and relating to it the way that I did, like it was a panacea and a drug. Um, and that first time through the program, I dropped out. Um, that, but that first time through the program, the things that I came away with were there are people out there who can love unconditionally, which is never my experience. Um, and I came away with a concept of a higher power, which I also never had. We were raised sort of hypocritically Jewish. And um, God never entered the picture. So the the kind people in the program at that time told me, Dina, you, you really need to go to therapy. <laughs> You're all kinds of messed up in the head. And I really was. Um, and so I slowly, slowly as as more the more I went to therapy, the less I went to the program. But I kept the higher power with me, um, which was a tremendous blessing because later on it really changed my life. Um, so I spent 20 years in therapy, um, came out with my head screwed on straight, and still a compulsive overeater. So, let's see, by the time I was, I think I'm married when I was 32. Oh, I forgot to tell you that uh, <laughs> that higher power thing that I mentioned to you before. So um, at, at a point in time in college, I was able to actually marry that with the Judaism that I was raised with um, and became orthodoxly Jewish, much to my parents' chagrin because it was uh, not what they had envisioned for me. But it was a very fulfilling lifestyle for me. Um, so at 32, I met an orthodox Jewish man who was willing to marry a 320-pound woman um, because I'm awesome, not because I'm 320 pounds at the time. Um, and we had two amazing children together. And 
I had decided that they were no longer going to have their baths in the kitchen sink. They were going to have baths in a bathtub like regular children. And I put my 400-pound body on the floor of the bathroom and was not able to get it up from the floor. The gravitational pull was just too much for me. And uh, it took my husband and a couple of people to help get me up off the floor, which was horribly humiliating. And I said to myself, if I want to be around for these children in their future, I need to do something. So I, I made a deal with God. I said, God, if you'll keep me off chocolate for a week and make it that I never see any of the guys I slept with the first time through the program, I'll go back to OA. So I was off chocolate for a week, and I went to Serenity Sunday. I don't know if any of you have heard that meeting, but it's an amazing meeting out here in L.A. And the first thing I walk in the door, there's one of these guys that I had slept with the first time through the program. I was like, God, I thought we had a deal. And God's like, Sudi, I don't make deals. I don't know what you're thinking. I'm not Santa Claus. I'm God. So I made my amends to that person, whatever, whatever. And I have not had chocolate in the 22 years that I've been back um, in the program, which to me is a major miracle because I'm heavily addicted to chocolate. But God removed it from me so that in my mind it's like wax. When I invite people to come to my house and they say, oh, what can I bring? I say, oh, please bring a chocolate dessert because I have no desire to eat the chocolate anymore. It's... um, Amazing. It's a miracle. Uh, I haven't had potato chips in 20 years. It's really, I mean, if, if you're, you're, is your life ever going to depend on whether or not you can have chocolate and potato chips? It's not a life-altering moment. So there are many other things that I don't eat on a regular basis, many things that I do eat on a regular basis. My, um, my food plan is what I eat. My abstinence is what I don't. Um, my food plan um, is getting healthier as time goes on, more whole grains, more uh, more towards the vegan side of things, though I'm definitely a carnivore. Love my meat. Um, but I suffer from kidney stones too, so I have to limit that. Um, what I don't eat, obviously, is chocolate and potato chips. I don't eat uh, recreational sugar. Um, those things that say, I'm a dessert, I'm a dessert. Um, are not my friend. I, what else don't I do? I get Cheez-Its when I donate blood. Because <laughs> I love Cheez-Its, but I can't have them in the house. So the only time I have them is when I go to the Red Cross and donate blood. Um, what can I tell you? I am sponsored. I sponsor. I call my sponsor Mondays and Thursdays at her request. Um, I send her a food log every day. I use a food tracker to monitor um, my caloric intake as well as making sure that I get a fully balanced diet. Um, I and the, and the food program the the, the app sends the, an email to my sponsor uh, so she can see what I'm eating every day because I need to be accountable um, for what I'm putting in my body. Um, I used to hate my body. Um, I no longer hate it. I'm not in love with it. I'm not going to lie, but I don't hate it. Um, I just had a total knee replacement on my left knee. 
uh, to in order to try to lead a more active life. Um, and I'm doing really, really well in my physical therapy. Um, and I, I have to say, I was, I was really um, thinking that I was going to be one of those people who would be like, oh, no, it's too much effort to do the exercises. I'm not going to do them. I was really afraid of that. And I have not found that to be the case. I have found that I'm extremely motivated to make this knee everything that it can be so that I can do things that I've never done. I shouldn't say never done. haven't done in, in, I don't know, 20, 30 years, like go up a step. I don't do stairs because um, I have arthritis in both of my knees. Well, now one of them is titanium, so I only have arthritis in one of them. Um, um, and then walk for distance. I used to walk for distance as part of my weight loss journey. Uh, oh, I didn't tell you the weight loss journey. So I'm down 150 pounds um, from where I started. The first 100 pounds was easy peasy lemon squeezy to let go of because, hello, you're 400 pounds. Just eat like a normal person. That's going to take care of itself. Um, the other 50 pounds, it took me a long time to lose um, because I wasn't willing to eat less. Um, I had a tremendous amount of fear of being hungry. Um, I worked on that a lot in my therapy, um, the fear of being hungry. Um, not to say that it doesn't still sometimes come, but for the most part, I'm able to say, but you're not going to die. You're going to be okay. You've intaken X amount of calories in a day, which is more than enough to sustain a human being, and breakfast will come. So between now and then, you can have water, and you're going to be okay. I speak very lovingly to myself, as my higher power does. My higher power is my perfect parent, um, because your parents always want what's best for you, but they don't always give you what you want. And I was able to find that about my actual parent parents um, as time went on, and I healed more in my therapy, that they really did the best they could with the skill set that they had. They were both horribly damaged people, um, doing the best that they could. Thank you. Um, and so one of my fellows had given me this really beautiful imagery of if my parents put everything they had to give me in a bag, love, time, affection, all of it, um, and then stood behind me and turned the bag upside down over my head so that everything that was in that bag came out. That's what my parents did. But unfortunately, all that came out was crumbs because that's all they had to give me. They didn't know how to hug and caress and say, I love you, and look deeply into your eyes and say, you're amazing. They didn't have that to give me. It wasn't that I wasn't worthy of it. It was that I didn't have it. They didn't have it to give me. And uh, I was able to move past that and had very loving relationships with my parents in their older years and uh, was, was with both of them when each one passed. Um, I'm a rockin' mom. I'm a, such an awesome mom because of this program. And I'm able to let my children have feelings, which is something I was never allowed to have as a child. I gave them words for their feelings. I helped them process their feelings. They are fantastic young men today. One of them is a daddy himself with two amazing little boys. So I'm a grandma. Um, I Yeah, I have joie de vivre. And I don't let life batter me around anymore. I just know it's going to come and sometimes it's going to feel good and sometimes it's going to feel bad and it just is. One of the other beauties of the program was that when um, 
somebody said, feelings are like storm clouds. They come, they rain on you, and then they go. So that I'm able to tolerate my feelings now. And I'm able to be supportive of other people having feelings. My husband is currently undergoing his third round of uh, cancer treatment. And he started his first session today, and we were really concerned he wasn't going to be able to tolerate it, um, which kind of scared me because I don't want to lose him. But then I had to keep coming back. God's in charge of the universe. God knows what he's doing. And I just have to do the best that I can to be the best I am today. If you do what's right, God will do what's left. Love that expression. Just keep one foot in front of the other doing the next indicated action. That's my job. God does everything else. So I hope I've shared some wisdom with you. Um, I hope I've shared some hope with you. The program is amazing. It's life-changing. And I would probably be dead if it wasn't for this program because I wouldn't have stopped at my 400 pounds and my children would have been motherless. So I'm ever grateful. And uh, with that, I'll pass.